Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. Welcome to episode 41, Anxiety. And uh, tonight we have a special guest with us. Um, he's actually in the comments right now, Eric J. Gaming. Um, and hello to all the live folks trickling in. Uh, good to see everybody this evening. And um, so, Eric reached out to us a while ago and uh, wanted to come on the show. Uh, we're all about that. We want to have guests. We want to have people come on and share their experience, strength, and hope as well. Mm -hmm. um, and in talking with him, uh, we say, "What do you want to? What do you want to chat about? And uh, you know, what's what's going on with Eric?" And he started going into uh, some stuff about anxiety, and I was like, you know. Here's another one, like we say every week, you know. Blaine, good to Hi. see you. Ooh. Here's another one uh, that we have, you know, 41 episodes into this series, and we haven't done a show on anxiety yet. So tonight we'll be talking anxiety with Eric. And uh, Eric has been streaming on Twitch uh, for a while now. I'll let him... Uh, give you a little rundown on his backstory, um, but uh, he um, lives and uh, deals with anxiety on the regular, as mm -hmm. a lot of us do, um, and uh, so without any further ado, let's go ahead and bring on the guest of honor, uh, Mr. Eric Jacques. Welcome, Eric, to the mental. Oh my hour. God! Well, thank you very much yeah. for having me on this beautiful show. <laughs> it's good to have you here. It's good to yeah. have you. Um, thank you very much. Hello, everyone in the chat. And I want to make a special um shout out to my first moderator tracy who is in the chat right now sneaky arts hello tracy who is Very a nice. good friend of jimmo by the way mm -hmm. yeah Very. we've got <laughs> Very nice um eric has been a long time viewer of our show as with all of you guys tracy blaine uh michael joseph murray in the chat um it's great to see everybody here. I'm so happy uh, that you guys can join us again every week here on the Mental Health Hour. Hello from Utah. Uh, I have to watch uh, the Beardo Weirdo replay. I was working last night, um, but definitely we'll catch the replay there, Blaine. Um, anyway, let's get into the show tonight. Um, so, Eric... You, yeah. uh, you reached out to us, wanted to come on, talk anxiety. What about anxiety? Uh, well, give us a little backstory about yourself first. How long have you been streaming on Twitch and, uh, you know, or live streaming in general? It doesn't have to be just Twitch. Um, but well, first, um, I'm on Twitch in 2016. I, uh, 
begins to remain on Periscope in 2015. And um, when I began on streaming on Twitch, I left Periscope. I see I was having both best of both worlds. I talked to people and I streaming games. So I played games, I talked to people, I met some new people. And the worst is it was time that I was not having to stream because my anxiety was too high. So then I met Tracy, I bring Tracy in uh, to become my first moderator. And then I, my name on Twitch, the Eric J Gaming thing that I got begin and I become Twitch affiliate in 2019. And um, my anxiety was still having major part in my life, but I began to look and I was a volunteer in past time. And I said, oh, I mean, I want to, to help people dealing with mental health issues, anxiety, depression. And now I'm doing this for 17 years. And I find out your, your podcast. And I say to myself, how about I go to a podcast, I share my story, I talk about my story to that podcast, and maybe my story will help others. And I, because in this world, the stigma of mental health is still there, never goes away, never die. It's like, I don't say that it's gonna be internal, but mental health awareness need to continue. And we need still in this world with the pandemic and everything, other things, we need to make the world understand that anxiety can be anyone can have this problem and anyone need to be open-minded about mental health. And sometimes it's going to be streamer, going to be someone making television or radio, everyone. Mm -hmm. They need to see that sometimes someone in, in front of camera, like I am right now, mm -hmm. can have anxiety, but have to deal and learn how to deal with the disease, not, not a disease, but a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so... What we're going to do, uh, well, let's start uh, with a little bit of your story. Um, when did you notice the anxiety, uh, you know, start to become a problem in your life? Uh, and then what have you done as far as medicine or counseling with anxiety? Okay, um, in 2014, I was going to a trip in Las Vegas. I enjoyed my trip 
I was having fun. It was my first U.S. trip. And when I come back, I go, I was volunteering for uh, someone to represent the government of Canada in my district. And I began to have chest pain. I was thinking about is what my food I eat. But later, I was having some problem with my hands and began to have sweaty hands. I was uh, sweaty feet. And I began to have some, uh, the muscle of my arms and my legs was getting tighter. It's like someone squeezed it. Muscle spasms. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. And I have to bring me home. And they want me to bring me to the hospital, thinking I was having a heart attack. I say, no heart attack. It's not like this. Uh, so he bring me home. Think, get well, come back when you want. And more the hours was passing, more my state was going down. Mm. And then I began, like someone was going to choke me out, because the invite to the air was not coming through my ear, uh, my nose and my mouth. Like I was someone who have asthma, but I don't have asthma. And then I began to, I was searching for hair, to breathe, our difficulty to breathe, and then uh, 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 like this. And my arms, I was not able to hold uh, something in my hands. I was thinking like, I'm going to pass out. And I called 911, mm -hmm. get me home, and get me to the hospital. They bring me to the hospital, they make all the tests. They find nothing. They, all they find is, was, um, well, you have a panic attack. Yeah. And that panic attack goes like this. You're going to have some problem in the chest and you're going to have some spasm. You're going to be nervous, going to have sweet, your sweet, uh, not sweet, sweat in your hands. Like someone who's gonna have uh, uh, sugar uh, for inside for the diabetes people. Mm -hmm. But you don't have diabetes, you don't have heart problem, you got kind of a panic attack. And then they tell me what triggered that panic attack. I don't know, it's come like this. And then further, Months passed, I got another one. I, I was eating in a restaurant with uh, friends and I got a panic attack in a public restaurant. It was embarrassing. Uh, I began right behind my head. And then I go down to my arms, my legs, my chest, and then again, like this, um, I was able to go back home, 
And as I cannot go like this, I cannot do my volunteering, I cannot go to a public space. Now every every pub, every people in the restaurant see me going going nuts. Uh, they think I was having a, going to have a heart attack and everyone was looking at me, like what the hell is going on? What, what is doing? What is doing? Uh, and then I was not like um, at that time understanding what's going on with me and what the problem. So I contact my doctor and I ask him to see what's the problem. And then for that, he gave me some pills right there. And those pills are to take um, what I need. It's called Prochlorazepam. Hmm. And they are for coming down the symptoms. And over the years, I, under, I learned the basic of anxiety was trigger equal panic attack. Yeah. And you know to get the trigger, learn the trigger, and put in, have a mindset that, okay, this is the trigger. I need to calm down. I need to look the overall problem and then taking it easy, everything will be okay. You can go through this. And I found out three major triggers on myself. Number one, I have a problem with my uh, digestion. And if I need to go to the bathroom, I'm not in a public space, I'm not at home. I need to find a bathroom. And if I don't find one, I go anxious. And then when I take the bus, when I am a car or even in a, in a train, in a in, uh, metro station, I completely, oh my God, I cannot find a bathroom where I can do my uh, thing, you know? Because when the nature calls, you need to go to the bathroom, but I cannot find one mm -hmm. because I don't want to people see my pills. Because number two, the stigma, never, the stigma on mental health is there. And everyone who see my pills they will begin to judge people like I am. I don't want the people see me take my pills because they will say, oh, he, some people call me a drug addict in the past. Sure. Because people have addiction to uh, prescription pills. And I don't am that guy. So I always have to teach people I have a mental health issue, is anxiety, and this is my pills to control the anxiety. Yeah, so that's, I, a good, that, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> what Eric's saying there is, uh, and Gemma has talked about it on the show 
in the past. Uh, all, all these pills that we have to take um, mm. to, to help antidepressants um, and uh, gabapentin, uh, you know, the whole gamut of pills that we get. Uh, there's there's many pills available out there to help and different uh, concoctions work for different people. Um, but it definitely looks like you're um, a pill head or whatever, because you have now you have so many pills um, and, and there is a little bit of an anxiety thing there as well uh, with all this medication, especially um, if you're younger. Uh, why are you taking all these pills? You want to try and hide them and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Gemma, what do you think? The side effects as well. Like, I know me personally, I'm on tablets for side effects caused by tablets. Mm. And then they just keep stacking up. And it gets to the part where you, like, for me, I find it really difficult to take tablets now. I find it a chore because I hate taking them. And there's times when I thought, is it going to hurt if I just miss them for a bit? But then it takes that long to get actually working that by missing them, you're doing yourself more harm than good. But it's definitely trying to find the right ones that work for you. Yeah, Because especially with antidepressants and anti-anxiety tablets, it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. It's, it, it is one of those things um, where you, you don't want to be ashamed of what's going or what pills you're taking but they they add up it can be a lot sometimes and uh and and certainly uh people are going to ask questions but uh sorry to cut you off there if i did um but we want to we want to go over a little bit uh of information on on anxiety as well um so thank you uh for Everybody coming in, everybody that's joined us here. We're on episode 41 of the Mental Health Hour with Eric Jacques uh, joining us tonight talking anxiety. Um, thank you for all the subs, the resubs, the bits, and um, everything that goes along with Twitch. We love you guys. Um, and welcome, Jeeves. Good to see you, buddy. I uh, haven't seen you, Jeeves, in a while. Jeeves, which is. Jeeves, Mr. Twix. Oh, the username got me. <laughs> so um, we're going to, uh, let's see, where are we at? We're, we're at 20 minutes. So, Eric, um, would you like to... Me, Tim, um, I w Gemma, talk about side effects. Mm. Yeah. Um, my pills do not have side effects, but what they want me to give me and my first pills I got in the past, that was depression pills, but I refused them because I wasn't having depression, I was having anxiety, and these pills are very nasty side effects. Mm. And my pills don't, don't have side effects. They are like normal to, like you have an headache, you take Tylenol, it's, it's over. But my pills is like you see you come like you're on 
not round number nine, but you're calm, you see? Mm. And I don't, people, I don't want to see the bad things about medication, but like I said, Tim, in the past, when we talked the first time to prepare this podcast of today, um, some people take some medication and they look different with the the, the the pills. And some people see, oh, they have red eyes, like some people smoke weed or other people, but like I said, um, I prefer to take my pills and hide myself to not people see me in the when the side effect comes. Right. Yes. That's another thing. Yeah. So let's go over some information um, about anxiety with Eric alongside with us. Uh, we'll bring up some slides here. Um, right here is the DSM um, diagnostic for generalized anxiety disorder. Um, Gemma, if you could take it away for us, please. Uh, yeah, okay. So, oops, I've just closed it off. Bear with me. <laughs> right, so it's the diagnostic criteria for generalized anxiety disorder. And again, this might not be like this might not fit with everybody, but it's just as it says generalized, which means like most people would display some or all of these. So excessive anxiety and worry more than not for at least six months and multiple topics. It's difficult to control. And then anxiety and worry are associated with more of three of the following. So restlessness or feeling keyed up or on edge, being easily fatigued, difficulty concentrating or mind going blank, irritability, muscle tension, which is what Eric described earlier. Yeah. And then uh, sleep disturbances. Um, yeah, Eric uh, was describing pretty much all of that. I can't say I have four of these problem or this the in the description uh mm -hmm. sleeping on the sleeping uh got badly i sleep like normal but i'm awake three or four times per night when i sleep the when the irritably uh, the the fourth point happened many times um when the anxiety is about to come, it's like you know you the wall is here, but you know you're going to hit the wall. Yeah. But with the pills, you it's like you take the pill before it hit the wall. So this yeah. is uh, uh, being tired. Yes, I'm a lot tired sometimes, but yeah. Okay. Right, do you want to go over this one? Yep. Okay, so anxiety disorders, and this is according to the word World Health Organization, and it states that around 1 in 13 globally suffers from anxiety, 
and anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the US, affecting 40 million Americans aged 18 and older, which is 18.1% of the population every year. So when you look at that, that's like, that's a lot of people. And looking at just like how many are in this room now, Mm -hmm. like obviously we're talking about it, but that's on the basis of that alone, that would be at least maybe two, if you really take into consideration the uh, statistics. And you're bound to know somebody that's got that. And then almost 70%, 75%, sorry, of people with mental disorders remain untreated in developing countries, with almost 1 million people taking their lives each year. Which... That's pretty sad when you think about it. Yeah. If they can't get the help and it yeah. gets that much, they can't cope with it. Because there are certain countries where I've seen it myself where they think that it's something else, like not just a medical condition and they've gone for... I was watching something the other day where they were talking about their child that had a mental health disorder and it turned out that they were... They thought they were possessed, basically. And it was really, really sad to watch, really difficult to watch because they ended up um, literally locking them out of the house and it turned out eventually that it was a mental health condition but the child ended up killing themselves over it. So it was really, really difficult watching but it really opened your eyes at the same time about it. So we're quite lucky in a way that where we live we can get that help. Yeah, right. absolutely. I wanted to run through these last three slides uh, real quick. Just mm -hmm. Interesting myths versus uh, facts uh, to talk about some talking points with Eric as well. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and take it away. Jenna. Yeah, okay. So myths versus the facts. Anxiety isn't a real illness and it's all in your head. And then anxiety order is a serious mental illness. So there's a lot of people that don't really believe it. Everyone gets stressed out. It's normal. And everyone has a fear, worry and stress sometimes. But daily anxiety that interrupts your life is not normal. And then I get the last one. Too much anxiety will... Oh, I've closed it off again. <laughs> I can read it on there, I think. Too much anxiety will give you a heart attack. A panic attack can mimic heart attack, but it can't kill you. So yeah. it does actually feel like when you're getting really, really panicked, that it can feel like that. And again, we, Eric described that earlier. We've run that on the ambulance a lot. Um, mm -hmm. We get hit for chest pain uh, and we get there and it's it's a panic attack or a uh, mm -hmm. an anxiety attack, um, a stretch. We'll do a quick stretch. Everybody stretch. Everybody stretch. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yes, a panic attack can indeed um, hit uh, kind of like a heart attack. It, it gives you that chest pain feeling, and it uh, it does 100% uh, mimic it. Um, so just know that uh, normally... If you're if you're feeling chest pains um, and you're 
worrying about it, you're going to increase the chest pains, right? You know, worrying, the anxiety, the worry, it keeps it going. Um, but as well as uh, I want to, I want to put it out there that the uh, what, what the hell was I think? Oh, uh, it's not exactly if it's a sharp kind of pain, chest pain like that, or, or when you're breathing in, um, that's more anxiety side of things. Mm. When you're having a heart attack, um, at least for men. Now, women uh, can, women, heart attacks in women present uh, very differently. But for men, adult men, um, it's more of a pressure, mm -hmm. like an elephant sitting on your chest. It's not a sharp pain. So just I think women present different, differently in most cases, to be honest. <laughs> they, they taught us that in EMT school. Like, yeah. you know, uh, women could have, pain in their leg and they're having a heart attack <laughs> so yeah anyway um we'll move on to the next slide this is just a continuation so yep. people with anxiety just need tranquilizers and sleeping pills <laughs> these may work in the short term but they do not help you manage and reduce your anxiety over time which is definitely not the case it doesn't help long term it can help the short term like with sleep sleeping tablets will only help you for that one night that you take them um and not even always then if you have had anxiety you should avoid uh, stressful situations can you imagine if everybody did that we'd never do anything right. avoidance makes things worse and a therapist can help you gradually cope with your anxiety talking to a therapist is a waste of time and money Research shows that therapy works and that you only need a few sessions to get the tools you need to improve. And I think both Tim and I have said this many a times. If you're going to a therapist and you don't feel that they're working and you're not getting on with them, it doesn't mean that all therapists aren't going to work. It just means maybe that one isn't going to work. So shop around. If you're paying for counselling or something, yeah. you are employing them. So you want to make sure that you're getting the best help for your money. So if that particular therapist isn't working, that doesn't mean that another one won't. Right. And then drinking alcohol or smoking marijuana provides the same relief as medication or therapy. Now, you've spoke about that quite a bit, Tim. Self-medication does not treat anxiety effectively and can make symptoms worse because you said yourself, haven't you? It's a depressive. It's a depressant is alcohol. So it doesn't work and it can actually particularly with the drugs i knew somebody that was on them and if anything it made them more and more para paranoid mm -hmm. which in turn made the anxiety worse and it was just completely out of control right eric do you have anything on any of these oh uh, yeah uh, first i got the therapist and i did three therapy uh both therapy i did was kind of good for me because I learned how to accept that I have an, an anxiety issue first. Number two, um, therapists learn me about because sometimes it's sad that the first info that Gemma show up, people taking their own life because they have mental health issue. 
Anxiety, I'm afraid that that may become the first mental health beside depression over the years in the future. But because we're living in a society with is a lot of stress, um, work, we have to perform, we have to be our very best every day. And with COVID-19 pandemic, people lose their job. Uh, many, many mental health issue case show up because of the pandemic. But on my side, um, therapy was good for me because I learned how to uh, like the book. You see, you, you need to play by the book. Yeah. When anxiety comes... You need to learn, you need to treat the problem, and you need to accept the problem because it's part of you now and your self-esteem sometimes get really low because I have a self-esteem, I have a mental health problem. Now people judging me because I take pills, people judging me because I have a mental health issue, people rejecting me because I have a mental health issue. Now, again, it's part of the stigma of mental health. So people need to understand that you're not a bad person because you have mental health problem. If you have your medication and you take it every day when, when you need it, well, it's just something you need to take to correct the problem or control the problem that make you the same person that everybody knows. But if other people do not accept the problem, don't see the problem like I do, because they are part of the people are stigmatic. That means they judge the people, they reject the people, and they sh they're not mental, they're not open-minded. Mm -hmm. So yeah. if you're open-minded, you know that, okay, you have a problem, you have a medication, that's okay. And it's still a part of our team or our job is like a normal person. People have mental health problems are normal. They are part of a society. And like Jamal show up in the stats that she um, of 40 million people have mental illness, and part of them is anxiety. Um, that's crazy, yeah. But it's, it's the way it is, yeah. Myself, I, I'm not, um, consider myself as a crazy person, I have a mental health issue, but I can control the problem with medication and I still do what I love. I can stream, I can play games on Twitch, I can uh, do my everything in life every day. But the problem is my social life, I have major take a hit. Mm -hmm. And people around me, um, I don't have many friends, I don't go everywhere. Um, because sometimes I have social anxiety sometimes, but not every time. And again, 
I have my pills with me if I need. I, you know, always have a bottle of water with me. And yep. so mm -hmm. I live day by day. Yeah. If one day I did not took the pill because I got a good day. Mm -hmm. If another day I took three pills, bad day. But tomorrow yeah. the sign, the, the, the sunshine, the sun will rise again. Another day, uh, you have to take one day at a time. Yeah. Control the problem. See, like mm -hmm. you have to to check everything that you live good through your life, mm -hmm. and do not let the problem take control of your life. That's why the therapists are there, because you need. Also, you need to have some courage to go into uh, see uh, help, to asking for help. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. people kill themselves because they, they was not able to go get the help. Yes. Yeah. Ask for help. Ask for help. That is what we are <clears throat> trying to, to We're trying to get that message out there every week. Uh, mm -hmm. Ask help don't be ashamed it is not a problem it is not a, a shameful thing to ask for help we want to take a look at this last slide here um anxiety by the numbers um yeah with eric uh again thank you guys for being here with us tonight uh and thank you dina d uh for all the subs and gifted subs and hello to hattie uh welcome in um we are joined by Eric Jacques tonight, uh, talking anxiety, and we're going to look at this last slide here. Gemma, take it away. Yeah, okay. So, anxiety by the numbers. So, about 40 million adults between age 18 to 54, or 18% in the US, have an anxiety disorder, and that's displayed by the um, red to yellow ratio on the left. Anxiety disorders affect one in eight children. Now, I'm actually going through this with Thomas at the moment. He's started to display traits of this. So 60% that our women are more likely to have an anxiety disorder than men. A panic attack can feel like a heart attack. You may feel shortness of breath, chest pains, nausea, a heart pounding, racing, Sweating, shaking, tight stomach, dizziness, faintness, chills or heat and numbness. And it says, if you're not sure, call 911 or that would be 999 in the UK. And it's if you aren't sure, it's better to act sooner rather than later. Better safe than sorry. Treatment exists. You can find help and it does say a website below. There are many, many different websites you can get help yeah, and advice we'll throw, from. We'll make throw a sure, bunch of those in the Discord. Yeah, make sure it's a reputable one, though. Like, yeah. There's so many websites you can go to online that are not entirely legit. So just make sure if you're looking for help and advice online, you make sure it's a reputable one. Um, we put regular things in the Discord as well. So if you're not part of that, I'll just pop a link in there for you. Yes, indeed. So a lot of people. There's uh, 
uh, Eric, there's so many people out there that yeah. um, that deal with depression. And it, let's talk about that for a minute. Depression and anxiety seem to go hand in hand, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've been diagnosed with anxiety. Have you been diagnosed with depression? Um, no, I got three depression in my life, but it was short depression. Um, like I said, they wanted to give me depression pills at the beginning, but I refused them because I was not classifying myself as a depression, depressive guy. But yeah. anxiety, it's something that comes on trigger in some moment that you are living on the moment you see, you feel something, then the trigger comes by here, and then the, the panic attack comes. Depression is a mood, I think. Depression is when you're in a bad mood that a friend die, or you lose your job, or uh, you lose a friend, or a heartbreak because someone broke up with you, they bring to depression, but I I feel one one time that that I hate to be alone, and I was anxious one time because I'm alone, and if something happened to me, well, nobody can be alert about this, and I don't want that if that happened that. No, no help can come if I cannot call 911. But I learned by the time with the therapist that you cannot die by anxiety. You can die by heart attack, but you cannot die by anxiety. Right. So you're in, in four walls. And in four walls, if you cannot go outside because it was a curfew, because here we got a curfew and the lockdown. But you can feel depressed because you cannot go outside and do your thing, go see a show entertainment because of the curfew and the lockdown. And people was depressed, but I'm not anxious that that was happening because I was in security in my apartment and I need, I had everything I need, everything was okay. So in no way to panic. And the other thing is, when anxiety join, um, if you control your anxiety, when you know the basic, if you know the problem, if you control the problem, there's no anxiety. But if something happened on the moment, like uh, you got a call and you learned that a friend or a family member is in the hospital and you cannot go at the hospital because you have visit hours. Uh -huh. Now you tell yourself again, trigger, my friend, my family member is in the hospital. 
and uh, cannot go after 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. So you cannot take the bus or the taxi and you cannot go to the hospital see the guy or the woman of your family. And you don't know his state, you don't know how he feel, he have an accident, a heart attack, something. And now your heart race, here is racing, saying you, you, um, you care about your family, you care about that family member, but you cannot see him. And then you have anxiety that I want to see him right now. I want to know what happened. I know how he feel. But you cannot know, you cannot, you cannot travel to see him. Mm. But you can call a family member. You can uh, give him a call and ask him, hello, I cannot go to see him, but I want to have news from him to ensure myself that he's going okay. And then they tell you. So then after that, you feel like less anxious. You know, it's, it's some tricks you to take. You have to take some shortcut, if I say, to bypass anxiety. Because the more tricks, the more things that you learn to control the problem, Sometimes you test, you take less medication. Like me, I take medication only when I need, not every day. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that, um, Eric. Uh, your medication that you take, um, how has that helped you? At, or has it helped you? And um, what can you tell folks out there? Uh, listening to this broadcast about medication and anxiety? Well, you have many types of medication. You got Xanax with the, the top. Xanax can be addictive. You can have an, you can have a um, addiction to that, but did not be uh, they gave me the lowest with Portlorazepam, with uh, um, relaxive. It's a relaxive medication. And um, I took, at the beginning of the first years of anxiety I got, I have to take two pills a day. And it was giving me a good help about the problem, to control the problem. And in 2019, I got uh, less panic attack, 2020. Yeah, 2020, eh. Kelly, mm -hmm. that year. No, everyone was going nuts in 2020. Uh, yeah. And I got my last panic attack, uh, panic attack in 2020. So it's been like knock on wood. Um, been the last two years without panic attack. Yeah, that's good. And that's I, I, I stopped counting the months I took medication one day, but I still have my bottle right here. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. 
So if you yeah. if you guys know uh, <clears throat> or if you guys remember, we had Ella on Ella the Bunny Mom. You know, know and love her. Uh, she had a similar story uh, with panic attack in the uh, episode sixteen. Uh, go back and take a listen to that if you'd like. Uh, there was um, also that was dealing with some anxiety as well. Um, please, uh, yes, uh, as Gemma's showing there, if anybody has any questions, uh, please feel free to ask. Uh, we are coming up on 50 minutes into the broadcast. Uh, anxiety. So what we've learned tonight, uh, or what we've talked about tonight, anxiety comes in many forms, uh, panic attacks, um, just overall worry. Uh, so you're going to start noticing some heart racing, some uh, blood pressure rising, uh, sweating, um, you know, you're going to start feeling like you're, you're worried about something, you know, you know, mm. uh, and then you, that can eventually turn into a panic state, right? Get into that panic attack uh, feeling. You don't always get much warning either. Right. And Gemma, do you have any um, stories you can share with us as well? Uh, or a story uh, that you want to bring to the party? Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll have another one after next week as well. But um, like, I remember like there was two incidents. One when I was having Thomas had been induced and I had been induced and was in labor for over four days. And then because he managed to get the cord around his neck whilst he was inside me and I was having a lot of pain, they said that then my blood pressure or something was critical and I was rushed for an emergency section. They did an epidural. And I could feel them doing it. And I said to the doctors, because they have a screen up so you can't see. But I said to them, you're cutting me, you're using scissors. And he goes, how do you know? Can you see? I says, no, I can feel it. And they gave me some more epidural because it was connected all the time. And it was at that point where I started having... I was feeling very anxious anyway, and I actually had a full-blown anxiety and then panic attack whilst I was in labor, having a C-section, which then turned into something else, and I couldn't hold Thomas till he was a couple of hours old. Yeah. And that was, that was really bad for me because I couldn't control it, and it came on so quickly. But then the worst one that I had was when Thomas had been diagnosed with cancer. And it, it had not felt real and to the point of where they'd taken him in to put his central line in. And I had to hold him in my arms while I put him to sleep. And he felt like a dead weight. Then he just like ugh, went heavy. They took him off me and ushered me out of the room really quick. And I felt, I felt like it was coming on. I felt like I felt tight in my chest. And then I collapsed outside the room, screamed, and then that, that was like it for me. I don't really remember much after it, apart from 
breathing into a paper bag, trying to calm down. Um, it can come on so easily with so many things, um, so quickly at times without ever really knowing that you're leading up to it. So it's trying to work out the things that can cause the anxiety and panic attacks for you. It can be different for everybody. And then trying to recognize mm -hmm. that and go from there to try not completely avoid those kinds of situations because avoiding things is not the best. Right. However, if you know that it's going to cause anxiety and panic, every time then maybe that is something you need to do depending on what it is of course but yeah that was they're just a couple of examples but i know i'm feeling quite anxious at the moment because i'm going for surgery next week whilst i'm looking forward to having it done and having things get better for me i'm also anxious at the same time yeah yeah so, yeah <laughs> thank you uh Gemma, for sharing that um and Hattie saying, even though my vertigo, which is dizziness, um, mm -hmm. has been controlled for several uh, years, I guess, still carry my medication and the ear device everywhere, like how Eric uh, was saying about keeping his medication with him. Um, yeah. And, and the same thing with, uh, you know, like uh, an asthmatic, always keeping the uh, inhaler with them or... Uh, let's say uh, somebody with an allergy keeping an EpiPen with them. You know, mm -hmm. it's a good idea to have your medication with you at all times for these panic attacks because um, they can come on at any time. Um, mm -hmm. and Eric, um, <clears throat> it's it's been, uh, have you had a, an experience where you've been out um on the town or, or, or just shopping and haven't had your pills. Oh my God. I was in the grocery store and I have my card with the food inside and I push the car and I go to the line to pay my stuff. They want line of line after line after line. Mm -hmm. And then I, as I look around me, I say, why they have so much line of people and you did not open more uh, this customer service, the people who you pass your food to pay and leave the grocery store. There are too much people waiting. I'll go, I will wait a half hour, maybe an hour to just pay my phone and leave. And I began to be like one of the uh, Gemma show in the uh, irritable. So I was getting angry. I was getting nervous. And I was speaking anxious because 
I don't wait all that time to pay my phone and leave. Yeah. And when someone liberate the line begin to move, I go to pay the I never ever ever took so quickly my food from the card and put on the table with the uh, to scan my phone one after the other and put open my bag and put my phone in the bag and push up the the car just to leave. I I have to leave right now because if I don't leave right I do not leave right now, I'm gonna bust a panic attack on the shopping mall mm. who was the uh, grocery store. Uh, and I push the door, the, the door open, I go outside and I put my bag on the ground and I begin to breathe very loud. Yeah. And then it down, the pressure and anxiety go back down. I took my bag, I took my time, go back home. And once I was home, I took my pill. Yeah. Well, it goes like this. Yep. Thank you, uh, Eric, for sharing uh, some stories with us tonight. Appreciate that. We are hitting the hour mark right now. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start wrapping things up. However, I uh, would like to mention um, that next week we will be doing our show on Tuesday. Uh, Gemma if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit, uh, we're, we're doing some, uh, surgery next week on Wednesday. Yeah. Next Wednesday. Um, I've waited. It's been about three and a half years for this surgery. I'm hamster sitting. Don't mind me. <laughs> it was making a racket. So I had to take it out of the cage. Uh, yeah, I'm having surgery next Wednesday, waited three and a half years for it. It's called sacral nerve neuromodulation surgery. It's, technically a rewire of certain organs and things. In my case, I have full intestinal paralysis, uh, bladder paralysis, and some other problems going on. So it's like a rewire uh, to make them work and to like electronically stimulate them into working. So that is Wednesday next week. All right. We do the show on the Tuesday, aren't we? Yeah, so we'll do the show on Tuesday next week, um, and uh, we're going to wish Gemma well on that, uh, mm -hmm. but we'll, that'll be next week. Um, so, a couple uh, items before we get out of here for tonight, as Hattie has uh, uh, mentioned there in the chat, for all things Bunny, you know, we love our Ella... Uh, mybunnyvalentine.com here's right behind me some bunny things um, Easter is upon us and we're coming in hot with the Easter items Easter is bunny time so uh, make sure you support Ella make sure you support the bunny rescues and uh, we would love to have Ella back sometime soon um, we, we, you can reach us 
all at bio.link slash TMHH. Um, mm -hmm. Any questions, show uh, ideas, um, if you want to be on the show like Eric uh, did. And um, we really want to thank Eric for coming on tonight and uh, sharing, with us, sharing some of his experience, strength, and hope. And uh, uh, Eric, it was great having you. And don't forget, people, follow Jemo and Tim on Twitch. And follow Eric J. Gaming on Twitch as well. Thank you very much. And uh, he, he streams every Monday night, right? Yeah, Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, and we're going to have another stream. And hopefully my computer will not crash next time. Awesome. Got to love technology for that stuff. <laughs> and uh, Catalyst tonight with Jim in Chicagoland, he was on the mental health hour with us in a previous episode it's as well. Good. 11 p.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time. Please, uh, everybody, go have a good follow over there. We're going to send you on uh, your way, but we're going to do a raid tonight because I just saw one of our good friends, Sarah Lightman, go live. So we're going to go raid yeah. Sarah. Um, so everybody, uh, get ready to go say hi to her. Please stick around and uh, join us next week on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, 11 p.m. UK. Thank you again, Eric. It was awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, watching. Thank you.